You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. As we saw yesterday, Rabbi Yochan, the great God of Wadah, the great post of Eretz Yisrael, there was a question, how we pass it? Eventually, based on what we heard from what was considered authentic reports from Eretz Yisrael, that Rabbi Yochanan held at Rabbi Yehuda, that there is a Din Muksa. And that's where we left off yesterday. On that, the Gemara is going to now ask the following question. Did Rabbi Yochanan actually really paskin like Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yochanan taught to all his students, Halacha Kestam Mishnah. Halacha always follows the Stam Mishnah. And we know we've had this Mishnah in Kalim in the 17th parak, right? When you have the wagon and you have the wheel that's connected to, not so strongly to the wagon. Remember, the wheel that could be detached from the wagon that's going over Tuma. But it mentions also about Shabbos in that Mishnah. It says, If that wheel can be detached easily, it's not considered one with the chassis of the wagon. And if you'd have to measure the 40 saw, you couldn't use the pockets of containers within the wheels to say, I can get 40 saw in there. It's got to be 40 saw independent of the wheels. And if it turns out that a Kaylee is jostling on top of the wheel, and there's a mace underneath the wheel, the Kaylee that was on top of the wheel would become Tomei, unlike the chassis, if the chassis had 40, could, could hold 40 saw, because the wheel is not considered a part of the chassis. And therefore, what's on top of it is Tomei, as opposed to if, if the chassis was 40 saw, then that would be like a house. And just like when you have a mace in the house, you could be sitting on the roof and not be Tomei, the same thing would be true about Kalim that are in the chassis of the wagon. But if they are, if they are on top of the wheel, they do become Tomei. And that's what we said. Ein matzelis ima ba'oel ha-mace, ve'ein gorinosah And you wouldn't be able on Shabbos to drag the whole uh, this whole machine, the wheel plus the chassis, o- around. When can you drag it? When there's money in one of the pockets of the wheel. Why? Because then the wheel is a separate container than the chassis. And even though in this big picture of things, the chassis doesn't have anything mooks in it, but it's all. It's but you're dragging the wheel, <laughs> and the wheel has got a muksa thing in it. It's a muksa thing in it. You can't move the wheel because there's money in that wheel. That's the Mishnah in Caleb. But it says it's because it's got money in it now. It's a busus ledover also right this minute. But we know ha'ena la mo sharia. If if there was if there's no money there now, Even there might have been money before. It wouldn't be muksa. So when the mission in Kaom wants to talk to you about muksa, it has to tell you that there's actually a dover that's usher to move and usher to use in the item right now. But if Ben Ashmashus was there, though Ben Ashmashus, even though some kid came and took it away, or some guy came to get it away, we don't say once something was muksa Ben Ashmashus, it's muksa the whole Shabbos. That's like Rav Shimon. Rav Yudah says that if something was muksa Ben Ashmashus, 
that even if it stops becoming muksa, just like we talked about, this parak talked about setting up a Shabbos candle. And you have your Shabbos candle that's burning. Once it stops burning, you can't move it because it was muksa by Ben Hashemoshas and when Shabbos started. That's Rabbi Yudashita. Rabbi Shimon says you can move the candle afterwards. So this Mishnah sounds like Rav Shimon. It's only because the money is still there. According to Rav Yudah, you don't have to say that. So since Yochanan taught us to go like a Stam Mishnah, this Stam Mishnah seems to be like Rav Shimon. Amar Mishnah Seinu. You know what the Mishnah means? Even though it says the words, if we look at the words, Bizman Sheyesh Alecha Mo'os. You know what the way we'll interpret that to mean? We'll interpret that to mean that's what the Mishnah means. I know the words don't sound like that, but that's what we're going to say the Mishnah means. It means there wasn't money on it, that, that there wasn't ma'os in there during Benashmoshos. Why am I going to monkey wrench that interpretation? Because I don't want to break Rabbi Yochanan's words. I don't want to break Rabbi Yochanan. I don't want to break up Rabbi Yochanan, and because of that, we're going to interpret it this way, even though it's not the simple pshat. Okay, um, hang on. Let's go on. Sometimes you have to say a dochik pshat in order for it to work with what Rabbi Yochanan says somewhere else. Am Rabbi Shua ben Levi. Pam achas. Halach Rabbi. Where did he go? Le diaspora. <laughs> right? Diaspora yeshiva band. You remember them, right? The diaspora. Diaspora's is There's a place called diaspora. Diaspora. There it is. Rashi says it's a place. Rebbe once went to Diaspora, Vahora, and he gave a psak in Diaspora. What was his psak? His psak was the menorah. He gave a psak about a menorah that's bigger than a nair. It's a candelabrum. It's bigger, like Liberace used to have. A menorah, he paskin like a menorah. Remember Liberace, right? He paskin like a menorah. What? Of course I remember. You remember he had big candelabras on his on his pianos, remember? Yeah. So Biminorah Kirab Shimon Benair. He gave a psak, Yeshua bin Levi said, Rebbe, the great Yehuda Anosi, went to Diaspora and he paskined about a menorah like Rav Shimon paskined about a nair. Now what did that mean? <laughs> we, what do you mean, Paschal and Shimoner? Iboilu. They wondered what Yeshua ben Levi meant. Did he mean Chora b'Menorah? That he would he gave the same type of psak about a bigger candelabrum that Kirab Shimon Bener Lehatera? That it'd be Mutter? That even though we know that some of these candelabrums were were made of different parts, right? They were made of different parts. And, and and there might be a problem of carrying them because you might come to fix them. So did he say, the same way I'm allowing you to carry a nair, even though it's got a bunch of junky uh, uh, 
uh, it's got a bunch of gunky oil in it, and, it, and it's made out of cheres, it's made out of clay, I'm going to let you carry this menorah as well. Is that what he meant? Aldilma, Haira b'menorah le'isura. It's two different psakim. They asked him about a menorah, he says that's also. Because there it might be a problem carrying it, and whether it's, and again, it was probably, based on what we saw before, a small menorah. Not at one you have to need two hands for. And it was maybe a one-handed menorah. And as Rashi says, maybe it had the grooves in it, like we saw yesterday. So it looks a little bit like it's made of separate little parts. So maybe we were talking about that machlokas, Rabbi Yochan and Rishlokish. That was the menorah that Rebbe was maybe asked about a generation or two earlier. And we're not, is that what he was talking about? And maybe that's what he said, that it's actually what? Usser, like Rabbi Yochanan. That even though it's even though it doesn't have the grooves in it, it has only grooves in it. It's not made of separate parts, but it still looks similar enough that people don't know. And then they asked him another question about the nair, and there he passed on like Rav Shimon, which would mean it, it sounds like Rebbe from this story uh, held like Rav Shimon. That's what it sounds like. But anyway, in terms of menorah, we're not sure. So therefore, we would say teku. So that would mean that if I'm, if I'm learning the Gemara the way Rashi learns it, that the case of the menorah, we would paskin like Rishlokish in that case. Because Rebbe would be machriya against Rabbi Yochanan, and we paskin, it's a suffix and a derabonan, so we paskin like Rebbe in that case. Rav Malkia, we've had him, he comes up about six times in Shas, in Halacha. Here's a case where he's not necessarily saying something, but something that he did. Rav Malkia Rav Simloi. Rav Malkia came to Rav Simloi's house and he picked up the 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 the, the, the nair after it had stopped burning and he moved it on Shabbos. Rav Simloi. Rav Simloi said, "What are you doing?" Rav Simloi was a Yehudanik, and Rav Malkia was a Rav Shimonik. Rabbi Yossi Gililila, that's not Rabbi Yossi Aglili, but it's Rabbi Yossi Gililila, uh, an Amora, equal to Astro de Rabbi Yossi Rabchanina. What did he do? Tilto Sharaga. He picked up the same thing. It had stopped burning and he picked it up and he moved it. It pit Rabbi Yossi Rabchanina. So you see that this was an issue that was splitting Rabbonim. They weren't sure. Are you Yehuda Mensch? Are you Shimon Mensch? How did Yochan and Paskin? Uh, this was an issue that was tearing, I don't know, was tearing Kuala Yisrael apart, but it was clearly, there was a lot of division about how to apply Hilchais Muksa, which the Gemara calls Dvarim Mikutoyim. It's really difficult to get an angle of how to learn Hilchais Muksa properly. This is one of the key sugis and shas to do it, but you're probably more confused than I am about this, or maybe I'm more confused than you are, because you have proofs this way, proofs that way, how do we paskin, etc., etc. Is it Yud, is it Shimon? You got to learn all these gemaras up solid cold to be able to paskin muksa shilas properly. Next, Rabavo, who was in Eretz Yisrael, a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan, and he was zocha to be a Talmud of the great Yeshua Ben Levi as well. Look at the story, Rabavo. When he came to Yeshua Ben Levi's town, and it was Friday night, and the candles had stopped burning, the nair had stopped burning, what did he do? 
have a metalto shraga. He would move it. He would take it. Maybe put some stuff in it. Ki ikol asr Rabbi Yochanan. When he came to Rabbi Yochanan's place, lo avi metalto shraga. So people noticed that about Rabbi Vo. And I said, Monab Shach. If you don't Rabbi Yehuda, leave it to Rabbi Yehuda. If you don't Rabbi Yehuda, leave it to Rabbi Yehuda. Obviously, what was going on was this. And he was a Talmud of both. But even though he learned by Rabbi Yochanan, he learned by Rabbi Shubin Levi first. When he came to Rabbi Yochanan's town, he was machmir. But he himself, in his heart of hearts, held like Rabbi Shulam and Levi's psak that you don't have to worry about muksa in that situation. But you're not going to show in front of this other person something different. Amr Rabbi Yehuda, Shraga de Mishcha. If you have a candelabrum, <coughs> excuse me, that had oil in it, Mishcha is oil. And even though it's even though it's um, uh, now uh, made out of uh, earthenware, and it's got disgusting because it's got that leftover residue in it, you can still move it because we paskin seemingly like who? We paskin like Rav Shema, Shari Tule. But the nefta, if it's from kerosene, even Rav Shimon would say Osri Tule. That, why, says Rashi, the Misrach, because it smells disgusting. I feel Reb Shimon moda, the lo chazi elu Right? Even Shimon would say, hey, you can't move that now anymore. It's so disgusting. What are you going to do with it? You're going to put the other oil in? You're going to put tiddly weeks in it? Ugh, it's, it, 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 it smells. So obviously, it, it, it's more than just got gunky, and I don't care about gunk. It's actually Masriach. Masriach, all it's meant for is for it to burn. So even Reb Shimon would hold, that's what we're saying, that it would be that it would be Osir. Now, Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, though, even though Rabbi Yosef learned by Rabbi Yehuda, he was a Talmud in Surah by the great Rabbi Yehuda, he disagreed with this Psak. And he said, the Amri Tarvayo de Niftanami Shari Litultula. Even though this this nair, you used kerosene in it, and it's it was masriach, you can still now move it for whatever purpose you had in mind for it. We don't say it becomes saruach, and even according to Rab Shimon, it's also. Now, Rabavia Ikla Webei Rava. Ravavia came to Rava's house, Havi Meisen Beikare Bitina. His feet and his socks and his shoes and his and it got all muddy. It was during the, the, the winter time. He came into Rava's house. He's got dull, he's got dirt and mud all over his socks and shoes. Asive Apuria Kameda Rava. He came and he sat down on a bed in front of Rava. And Rava noticed how dirty his, his shoes and his socks were. It still had the mud from the outside. What does the Gemara say? Ikbid Rava. Rava was upset. Now Rashi says, why was Rava upset? Mishum tinufamita. Because the bed was getting dirty. 
Therefore, boy with Suure, he wanted to hurt him. He wanted to ask him questions that would give him pain. Amarle, he said, hmm, Rabavia, let me ask you a question. My time a Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef. Why did those giants of the generation before say that according to Rabbi Shimon, even when you have neft that's burnt into uh, the, 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 the nair and it's saruach, you can still move it. The Amri Tabayu, Shagad the Nifta Nami So Rabbi answered, Amarle, Hoyo Vachazia, Lichasuye Beimona. You know why? Because you can still cover something with it. It stinks. But let's say there's something that you want to cover. It's not a food item, but you want to cover it to protect it from something else. Or from when, You can now still put this thing on its head and you can cover it, despite the fact that, that the, the neft is there. It's still a, an item. So Rava said, shot back. Is that so? All those rocks in the backyard, maybe you should be able to pick them up too. Metaltovit, maybe those should not be muksa. And we know even Rav Shimon holds, you can't just go out in the, in the backyard and play with rocks. And you'll tell me, because you can put them in, and, and use the rocks to cover this bottle and that bottle. Why can't you go out and, 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 and carry every rock? Ramavia answered, It's different. This one, sure, it got saruach. But the fact that it got so saruach doesn't mean it's not a keli. It was meant to be a candelabrum or a nair, and it got the, and you use the neft as the fuel. It got saruach, but it's still a keli. Hani, when it comes to rocks, lekator is kriyaleha. They're not, they're not kalim. So you can't decide on Shabbos, I want to take it and cover my milk bottle with it. In fact, Rabbi Via brought a proof. Milo, I'll show you I'm right. Milo, Tanya, didn't we learn? A brisa. We're going to be having a lot about this a little bit later. Hashirim, Hanizamim, Batabaot. When it comes to uh, all these types of jewelry items, all these types of jewelry items, Shirim, Nizamim, and Tabaot. Now, these jewelry items are, 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 are I don't give jewelry, so I don't know what they're called, but <laughs> bracelets. Uh, and 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 other things and necklaces, rings. They're usher to wear for women. Why? Says Rashi. You women cannot wear them in Rishus Harabim. Because we were afraid that what do you do? Right? You show off. Hey, look what I got. I got this from Tiffany's. I got this from K Jewelers. Check it out. Look what John got me for our wedding anniversary. And you're gonna you're in Rishusa Rabim, you take it off, you show it, and then you forget and you're holding it in your hands and you're walking Daladamas in Rishusa Rabim. So Chazal made Xair against wearing them on Shabbos. However, even though they're usr to wear, it's usr to wear them, Miu Teras Kliyalayan. You're allowed to actually move them. They don't become muksa. Even though there's an isser involved, they don't become muksa. As long as you don't wear them, you're okay. So, 
the Amr Ulan Ula explain why. That's the same thing when it comes to this menorah, even though it, uh, this nair that has the neft in it. And that's why Rubba's question was not a question. Yeah, of course, there's a problem with it. There's a problem with these, you can't wear it. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's, it's not a keili. This, this is also still a keili. Since it's still a keili, you can move it, even though it's full, it's full of the leftover kerosene that's in it. Amr Nachem Bar Yitzchak. Barich Rachmana, Delo Kasifei Rabba Rabbaviyah. Baruch Hashem, that Rabba did not win. Because otherwise, Rabbaviyah would have been embarrassed. So, some people are going to say that, well, you see that Rabba was... Uh, was such a stickler on neatness that he got so upset that he decided to use Torah as a as a cudgel against somebody, right? So um, I thought this was something interesting. So I looked, so I did a little bit of research on it, and the great Chassam Sefer, and uh, about seventy years later, uh, Rav Aaron Hyman, who was a Talmud in the Lushen, they both came up with pretty much the same way to explain what was going on here. There was a famous story that happened with Rava that Rava himself had gotten his feet and his, and his socks and stuff all muddy. Now, Rava was Zoha because he was the God of Lador to have a Shamas. So Rava had, had, had appeared in the, in the Chatzar of the base Medrash on Shabbos, but his feet, the Gemara is going to be later, we're going to do the Gemara later in Shabbos a couple of months from now. But his feet and socks and everything, they were all, there was mud all over the, the, the bottom part of his legs. His shamish went and took a broken piece of shard that was found in the chotzer, a piece of cheres, and started scraping the mud off and getting the mud off of it. The Talmidim started screaming at the shamish. Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's wrong. And Rava said, leave him alone. He's right. Because that is not muksa. The cheres, that shard that's out there, the reason why we don't throw them all away is because we think we might have to use them. So he has a right to use it. That's the reason why Rava was upset. Not because his bed was so messy. Yeah, that's true. The bed was messy. But there was an Eitza. There's plenty of shards out there. Why'd you have to come into the house? You Don't you hold like me? Don't you like me that the, it doesn't have a shame muksa? Because you know that famous story that happened to me, Rabbi Villa, when I had to scream at the other students that, that the shards and the chutzah aren't muksa and you can use them to clean your darn feet. So why didn't you do that? I guess you must hold that, it's the, that those shards are muksa. So now I want to ask you, how about Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef? Why did they allow to move, why did they allow to move the, 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 the nair? Isn't that like me? So now you see what was going on. It wasn't just that he was a neat freak. He felt insulted because this was the famous psaac that Rabbi gave, you could clean your feet using the shards. And that's what Rabbi Villa answered. He said there's a difference in a shard and a menorah or a nair. The shard loses the shame kli. And that's why I didn't take any of those shards and clean my feet off from before. At least this way, it's not like Rav is just a, a neat freak and he's using his Torah knowledge to stab uh, Rabavia. Anyway, you got to know a lot of learning in order not to see these men in the way you need to know to see them.
or look people up. Next. Ramilei Abaya Rabba. Tanya, Abaya asked the Rabba the following question. Abaya asked his uncle. Tanya, Moisar Hashem and Shebenev Shebekara Oser. It says if there's leftover oil that's in what was burning on Friday night, the leftover oil is Oser. Reb Shimon Matir. Reb Shimon allowed it. So we know we see from there that Reb Shimon allows it. doesn't become Oser for the whole Shabbos. You're allowed after it starts burning to take some of that oil, put it on your salad. Alma Reb Shimon Wesley Muktza. Okay, that's true. Raminu, but I have a stira. Reb Shimon, Omer, and the Mishnah and Klayim. We're going to get to that when we do our Yerushalmi. Kol she'ein mumoniker, I'm sorry, in Bechayres. Kol she'ein mumoniker me'er of Yontif, ein zemina muchan. We know when it comes to a Bechor, a Bechor, what's the din of a Bechor? A Bechor is owned by a Kayin. A Bechor is owned by a Kayin, and if a Kayin owns a Bechor, you give the Bechor to the Kayin. But Bisman Azed has to have a Mum. Without a Mum, it's still considered Kachim. Even Bisman Azed, Bechor comes out of the animal, it's considered Kodesh. You can't take it to the base of Mikdash Bisman Azed. You have to wait for it to get a Mum. But we don't trust the Kayin himself. Once it gets a Mum, it's called Chulin. Once it gets a mum, it's chulin, and you're allowed to shecht it outside of the Beis HaMikdosh. But we don't trust the Kohen himself. The Kohen has to come to a special expert. It was one of the big expertise of Psak was to become a mumacha and looking at mumim and knowing what's a mum kabua and what's not a mum kabua. What's a mum that's going to stay and is lasting and what's a non-staying mum? Okay. Now, what happened here? What happened here? The animal fell. And you haven't gotten a chance to bring the mumcha in. And now, the, let's say a mumcha comes down there and says, hey, that was a mum. This baby can be shechted. It's yontif. You can eat it. Where's the animal? It's in a boar somewhere. It fell in a pit. But you weren't sure. The kayan went down there on yontif and said, hey, that mum is fine. That's a good mum. Not the kayan. The mumcha went in and said, that's fine. You still can't eat it on Yontif. Why? If it wasn't the type of thing that almost anybody could tell was a mum, like a broken leg or broken arm or broken foreleg, now wait. When, true, when Yontif started, you didn't have the expert yet. So it was still Osir Bachila. It was Muktzel with Inisir, like a burning candle. But now that the mumcha came in and he told us it was okay, you should be able to use it. It's similar to the candle that burnt out. That was Abaya's question to Rabbah. It's the same principle. So why is Rab Shimon telling me you can't eat the animal? So Rabbah answered to him, Over there, when it comes to the candle, you know it's going to burn out. And you know there's probably going to be extra oil. And you could use that oil for your salad. So you're waiting. Do you think a person was expecting the, the animal to even get the mum in the first place? Maymer Omar, you have to say, me yamar the nafle mum. Normally the animal's walking around, Arab Shabbos, Arab Yontif, it's a Bechor. Are you are you really think a mum is going to happen before Yontif starts? Even though in this case where it fell down into the pit and it might have gotten a mum. 
Who says that fall was able to generate a mum? A lot of animals fall. They don't get a mum, meaning a mum kavua, a mum that means it's a, a real, a, 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 a solid mum that you can check the animal based on because it loses its kadusha. Maybe not. And even though you know that that is a mum kavua, you can't make that decision on your own. It's going to be usser unless it's broken. But even though you know about mumim yourself, you're the owner of the animal, you're the kayan, and you know about mumim, but we don't allow you to tell us. So, mi yemar who says you're going to get a chacham to look at it? Because the halacha is, by the way, you're not allowed to look at a mum on, on yontif. It's like a psak. It's like a din. The same way we paskin that you're not supposed to make a din Torah on yontif, because you're going to write down the psak, this has a shame of a din Torah almost. So all these things, who says they're ever going to happen? That's why Rav Shimon holds the animal as muksa, even though the Chacham did the wrong thing by paskining. He really shouldn't have gone down there into the pit and told you, but the, you can't tell me the owner was expecting all this to happen. Too many possibilities that you didn't think were going to happen. And therefore, even Rav Shimon would say in this case that it's muksa. On that answer that Rabbi gave, Mesiv Rami Barchoma. Rami Barchoma ends up, by the way, he was a, 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 a friend of Rabbi. Right? Mesiv Rami Barchoma. He said, Mafirin Nidarim Bishabbos. We know that the Mishnah tells us that a, a, a husband and a wife have a relationship. That the wife makes a netter, the husband has the ability to do a forest nadar. Okay? However, he can even do it on Shabbos. If he hears about her nether on Shabbos, he can, he can uh, abrogate the nether by his pronouncement on Shabbos. And, nishon l'nadarim. You could go to a Talmud Chacham to get a heter for a nether. But only, why? Shehain would say Shabbos. If the nether that the woman made, or the, either the one between her and her husband, has something to do with Shabbos, or the nether she made independently of her husband, but she wants to go, or a man making a nether, uh, uh, and, and it's, you have to go to a chacham to get a heter, you could go to the chacham on Shabbos if it's something that's stopping Simcha Shabbos, Onig Shabbos from happening. So even though normally you don't convene a rabbi like in a Bezdin, like I said a minute before, like seeing a Bechor, but with Sarek Shabbos, you can be matter the netter on Shabbos. Okay. Which means, let's assume, what was the netter? The netter was she wasn't going to eat potatoes. And the whole cholent is potatoes. And she's not going to be able to have a hot cholent. And that's what everybody's eating. It's cholent, kogo, everything's potatoes in this house. So she was usher, or he was usher, needing potatoes before he went to the rov. But now, when Shabbos started, he didn't have the rov to be matter the nether. Why is that? Why would the potato be mutter? Am I How do you know? For example, let's talk, or let's say it's talking about a nether between the husband and wife. The, the, the wife made a nether. She's not going to. She's not going to drink the champagne whatever it is, or, or eat the gefilte fish. And that's the essential part of their Shabbos meal. 
they eat the filter fish together. So the husband hears that, he has a right to be made for. I, why? When Shabbos started, before the husband knew about it, it was usher. A neder creates an isser, just like a bachor is usher to eat. In the Zman of the Beis HaMikdosh, if it doesn't have a mum, because it can't be makramit. So who I did, it's kachim achutz. Who I did, a neder has a power of isser. So that was the, when Shabbos started, this woman had an isser on her, because her husband hasn't yet heard about it and been made for it. So what's her right, according to Rav Shimon, to eat? The Mar says, it's different. We know when women make nedarim, they want, they realize their husband are going to hear about it. And they actually are expecting their husband to do something. They're trying to get a rise out of him. They're trying to send the message. Sure, they expect their husband to, to, to cancel it. Not like the Bukhar. The Bukhar is Usr. The Isr was there and you didn't expect it to leave. Whereas over here, the woman at least thought there was a 50-50 chance or even greater that her husband was going to hear about it and was going to cancel it. So she never viewed it as something that was also really. She's just waiting for the inevitable husband finding out about it and being matter her netter on the gefilte fish. What about the case, though, about going to the Chalcham? What about the second part of the Bryce or the Mishnah, where it says you can go to the Chalcham? where it's not a woman, it's a man. And the man made the netter on potatoes. Why is he allowed to eat the potatoes once he gets the het there? First of all, right? How is he going to, who says he's going to get a chacham? It's hard to find somebody who understands Hilchas Nadarim. I know, Erev Shoshana, they take three idiots and they put them down and say, okay, I'm saying, I'm being matter netter there. One, one guy's got a t-shirt, the other guy is a sleeping. Okay, Hataras Nadarim, Mutu Mutu. They don't even know what they're saying. They have no idea what the words are. They know what a heter is. They know what a harata is. You need a chacham. You know what it means, what it means to be matter Nadarim. That's why it's a chukah, but too, I can't stand it. We've got to get out of here. We're all busy. Oh, we got to run out of shul, Arab Shabbos. We can't sit there and wait. And therefore, you have three idiots sitting over there. People, the guy can't even, doesn't know there's an aleph in the base. Hey, hey, Shmendrick, come sit down over here and join us. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You have to be a chacham to know how to be matir and neder. So, mi yamer de mizdakakle chacham. Who says you're going to find the chacham? Well, the Mar says, you know what? There is an eight out. Awesome. Ile ilo mizdakik lechacham saga begimel hediotos. Three hediotos is good enough. What does a hediot mean? You have to explain to him that there's an apesach and a charota, and that's what Rav Hainim was always mocked That even though you have the schlepper in the t-shirt, whoever it is, he has to know what hatars nadarim is. He's got to have enough brains to understand there's an apesach and a charota. So this way, the, the heter means something. But you don't have to. You can always find three hediotos and explain to them what the difference is, and they could probably understand. Hocha, when it comes to Bechor, mi yamer demistakikli chacham. Chacham is not even supposed to look at a Bechor on Shabbos or Yontif. When it comes to Heter Nadarim, when they tell him it's about the potato for Shabbos, it's okay to find a Chacham for that. He's not doing anything else. But for the, for the Bechor, it's also to look at the Bechor on Yontif itself. And that's why Rav Shimon would say it's Muksa. Ramabwe Abay Rab Yosef. Mi Omar Rab Shimon. Kovsa Mutravatautala. What was it that Abaya then asked his other Rebbe, Rab Yosef? 
Rav Shimon said that once it goes out, then you're allowed to move the candelabrum. It sounds like kopsa in, lo kopsa lo. Once it goes out, there is no muksa for all benash mashos. It doesn't become a bustle sodover oser. You're allowed to move it. But while it's burning, you can't move it. Well, what's the reason behind that, Rav Shimon? My timer. Is it about muksa? Is it because there may be something else? Dilma Bahadi dinoket la kopsa. Because maybe, maybe when you're, when you're moving it, it's going to start going out. So that means what? That means Rav Shimon says, stay away, stay away from that baby, stay away from that. Because while you're walking with it, it's starting to move, the flame is getting less, you're extinguishing it while you're moving it. And that's, that's keyboy that you're doing. Well, all right. But that, and therefore, maybe that generates a whole status of muktzah because there's a terrible isra from the Torah that you're going to do if you carry it. And therefore, it's muktzah as well. Well, one second. <laughs> Is there really isra from the Torah according to Rav Shimon? We know Rav Shimon holds, Hashimin Rav Shimon the Omar, Dover She'ein Miskavin Mutter. Rav Shimon says you could drag, remember, you could drag the, the bench, even though it's making a groove. What's my purpose of moving this thing while it's burning? Uh, because I don't like the heat where it is. My purpose is not to extinguish the wick. My purpose is not to get this thing to burn quicker. I'm not trying to do kibui. It's a dabr shenu miskaven. So therefore, if it's a dabr shenu miskaven, why should it be muksa? Because there's no iser involved. We've all been assuming that while it's burning, it's muksa. Why should it be muksa? What's wrong with moving this on Shabbos? Great question, right? <laughs> Detanya, Rav Shimon Omer, Gorodim Kisa Kisa Mita Vesafsel, Obabachel Yiskavan Lasos Kritz. As long as you don't have actual kavana to put grooves on the floor, you just want to move the chair closer to the table, that's fine. So here's a big yisod in Rav Shimon. Kol heichadiki mechavein iki suridaraisa. Where, if you would have kavana, like in the case of what? In the case of the chair, no. In the case of the candle, that let's say your intent in moving the candle, listen to what I'm saying, Anach, is to get it to get extinguished. If your purpose was, hey, I want to save this wick, I want this wick to burn better the next time, and the way I'm going to get it to go out is by walking around and by my movements and the air and the, by the wind in the in the room, it's going to cause them to become extinguished. If I'm that kavana would be an iser daraisa. Right. I would have kavana to extinguish it that way. It's not considered trilo kederach. That's it is normal to get a candle to burn out by moving it around. And therefore, if you would have kavana to do it that way, you would have been over an iser daraisa. Right. So there, daraisa. So even though Kilomachav, and in this case, he just wants to move the, the candle, he wants to move the nair to another space, Gozer Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon says, that should be Oser Midirabonon. Midirabonon because of the Isser that might occur of it becoming extinguished. And therefore, it becomes Muksa Machmas, that Isser de Rabbonon. Kol Heicha de Kimachavein, Iki Sur de Rabbonon. But in a case where even if you had Kavana, the case of the chritz, the case of making grooves in the, uh, in the in the floor. 
That would even if you would say, "Hey, I'm making grooves. Now I can do. I can put my marbles in the floor. Now we've got we, we, we've got we, the rollers are in that can go easily." That would not be an Isra Dar Isa because you're doing it with a shinui. That's not the way to put grooves in a floor. Taking the the feet of a chair. That's shalokaderech. That's shalokaderech. So even if you would have kavana, it would not be an Isra Dar Isa. So therefore, since you're not having kavana, Rab Shimon is matarit ukatchila. Kilo mechaven shari Rab Shimon lekatchila. Therefore, there's no raya from that case. It's not a steer in Rav Shimon. Whereas when it comes to the candelabrum or the nair that's burning, there's a suffix of an iser. If you would have kavana, be iser daraisa. Without kavana, it's still an iser darabonan. That's enough to make it muksa while it is still burning. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.